Welcome back to Over Here. My name is Nick Finzer, and today I'm excited to be talking to a great trumpet player, composer, educator, based out of Chicago, Illinois, uh, originally from Seattle, Washington. And before we get to that interview with Chad McCullough, he wanted to have us share a little bit of his music from his new record, Forward. Uh, October 16th is the release date of that, and I'm excited to share a little bit of that record uh, before we get started here and kind of blend that into our interview. So before getting to the interview with Chad, I would love for you to check out some of his music. So enjoy and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Dick Finzer. I'm here today with a fantastic trumpet player, educator, composer, many other hyphens that he can fill us in on. Uh, based out of Chicago now, this is Mr. Chad McCullough. Chad, thanks for being here today and uh, yeah. telling us about your new new project. Thanks for having me. Of Happy course. to be here. <laughs> Quote, quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so first, let's just dive right in and say, tell everyone... Uh, who you are, where you're talking to us from, and something about the new project. What's it called, yeah. and who's on it? Uh, well, I have a new record. It's called Forward. And, I mean, it's a pandemic. I'm on my couch like everybody else. That's that's, the, <laughs> that's where I am. Uh, I, I'm based out of Chicago. I have um, put this record together in uh, the last, I guess, actually about a year and a half of work. And um, it features Rob Clearfield on piano and Matt Eulery on bass and John Dydemeyer on drums, uh, three of my very, very good friends. And then um, kind of fortuitously, um, I was talking to Ryan Cohen at uh, on a gig somewhere. And uh, so Ryan said he would be into mixing the record and then he ended up uh, we talked and, and I had sent him some samples of things that I had done but like he put string orchestrations and synth stuff onto the whole uh, onto half of the record and it's super cool it kind of gives it this other element and so I'm I'm really happy with the way it turned out so. yeah I mean it sounds great first of all so that that's always helps but let's uh, let's back up we'll dig back into the record but let's give some people some context so Tell people uh, where you grew up, how you get onto playing trumpet, and how you ended up where you are now in Chicago. Yeah, uh, I grew up in Seattle. I um, not one of the uh, golden high schools in Seattle there, but uh, I was there. I was around the scene. There were lots of um, incredible musicians there, guys like Jay Thomas, Tom Marriott, John Bishop, and um, so I would go out hear them. And uh, when I moved back, I moved. I went to uh, school in Idaho, moved back for grad school, and um, really was playing there and started working at Origin Records and learned a ton about the industry and the business and art and design from John Bishop and Matt Jorgensen and um, eventually moved out to Chicago um, where I have a, a whole bunch of friends, had a whole bunch of friends, still have 
a whole bunch of friends. Three <laughs> more. <laughs> and um, so I moved out here about seven, uh, seven years ago and got into a couple different schools for teaching. Um, I teach at DePaul University. I teach at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good Reader's Digest. That is good readers okay. digest. That was that was good. It's like you rehearsed it or something. <laughs> you knew what to say about your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been there. This isn't your first release. So what uh, what kind of led to the formation of this particular band, this particular project? How did you how did you kind of conceptualize this this new record? Um, well, I had been writing this stuff uh, for a while and. Um, the trio of, of Matt and Rob and John um, is one of my favorites in town. And then Rob decided that he was going to move to Paris. And so it was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> um, and, you know, I played with them a whole bunch of times in lots of different contexts. And so I knew that I wanted to do a record with them. And then Rob left and uh, uh, he came back for a week of things. I think he had a symphony gig in Texas or something and he was doing all kinds of stuff. And so he was in Chicago for a little bit. And so I booked the studio time and we did this project when, you know, when he was around. So it was cool. Um, so I know the, the thing that's super, you know, you kind of touched on it a second ago, but about um, your friend Ryan Cohen and kind of putting mm -hmm. together all this quote unquote, extra stuff on the yeah. record, which yeah, kind of yeah, gives yeah. it a, another life, you know, it gives it some nice variety of, of like orchestration, obviously. But so how did that come about? And what did, what did he do? What was that process like of kind of coming up with all that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I had the record, we had recorded and finished everything. And uh, for me, it was one of those things of like, this is good, it's, it's fine, it's fine playing. And it's good music, I think, and you know everybody. But it, uh, I wanted to, I wanted something that had, uh, you know, it's. I wanted something that made a little bit more impact. Mm. I guess is a. Like I don't want to downplay the thing, but I wanted something a little extra, and um, so Ryan was going to mix the record, and then I was uh, sitting at home and had GarageBand up and loaded the files in and just started like playing along with like some string stuff and I sent him thing and said I don't know if this is this dumb is it cool what are we, you know and um, and Ryan was really excited and he uh, you know we started talking about like string records that we like you know and I think the the record that we both kind of hit on was the Joni Mitchell travelogue record which mm. is I think just beautiful and incredible and uh, you know, like this concept realized at a really high level and, and, um, or just like, a, I mean, it's, that's a huge epic record. And, um, so Ryan sent me like the, the melody of one tune, but with all of this extra stuff in, and I loved it. It was just this really cool thing. And then we would talk about like, what's the role of the quartet? What's the role of the, these additional orchestrations? Like, how do we balance that? How do we make this part really speak um, from like a live jazz kind of thing. And then how do we make this sound super like epic and produced 
and not, um, you know, not like feel like you're watching a slideshow, but sure. really like make it organic. And, and uh, I, I mean, I think Ryan did an incredible job with that to really like give this other element to, to the things that he worked on, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that it was done after the fact, you know, like you didn't just make an acoustic quartet thing and just be like, I'm done. Okay. See you later. And like yeah. put some extra thought into it. Like it really brings some, an extra layer of something to it. You yeah. Know? It's, yeah. It sounds, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with it, which is weird because I've never felt that way, you know? Um, oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, number of record is this for you? Uh, well, of just under my name, two. Two, okay. But uh, I have five records out uh, uh, with Bram Waiters, a mm -hmm. great Belgian pianist composer. I have uh, one out with Mikhail Vanjacek, who is a Slovakian pianist. I have several out with a band called Tunnel Six that I write and produce for. Um, a couple out with this uh, West African band called the Cora Band. Mm. Um, yeah, so I maybe 20. So a lot. So you're well, yeah. well versed in this whole thing. Yeah, I love it. I love the process. Um, so I know you were going to do a bunch of things in Europe, but tell us a little bit about how you got connected with some of those pianists you just mentioned. Well, one of them yeah. is a pianist, at least. Uh, and two, yeah, two, two, both. Yeah. And then uh, I know you've done a lot. You do a lot in Europe. So how did that kind of mm -hmm. connection start for you and grow uh, and blossom? I did the Banff workshop in ah, 2009 okay. cool. yeah. um, when Dave Douglas was running it mm. and uh, it was so wonderful it was it was uh, you know for people listening that don't know it's like a three-week intense I, I like my summary was uh, you take getting gigs and finding people to play for money uh, out of the equation and it's three weeks of that. So, you know, we all had our schedules and it was like, can you rehearse? I wrote some music. Uh, yeah. At, uh, let's see, 11 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, midnight. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And, um, and then, you know, like all these world-class faculty members are, are around. And so like, you know, Tony Malaby's buying drinks and, you know, uh, I would wake up at six in the morning and, and work with Marshall Jilks every morning and like do the warm up thing. And like, it was just, it was like, a candy store, a jazz candy store. And um, <laughs> so I had all of these friends, you know, these friendships that developed. And um, I was going to Europe uh, f for the first time, I think, uh, shortly after that uh, with John Bishop. And I uh, reached out to a couple people and said, hey, we're going to be there. I happily moved the trip around. We were doing uh, the Meetem conference for Origin. And uh, Bram Waiters was like, yeah, totally. I'll hook some gigs up. And so we went and played and it was really, really fun. And then, uh, you know, it kind of blossomed into this thing. Bram was in the US and we recorded an album and then it came out on a Belgian label. And so he set up a tour and then I would set up a tour in the US. And so we went back and forth and um, we have three quartet records with that band and two duo records. Uh, and Bram's composed. The last one was a 25 movement suite. And so we were Whoa. going, yeah, it's incredible, incredible writing. And uh, we, uh, we were going to do a tour 
actually to promote that record in Belgium on March 14th, I think. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's been, uh, that was a gut punch right away when everything locked down. But uh, yeah, it's, I have been, I mean, I talked to Bram all the time. I talked to Mikal a lot. Like I just have like kind of stayed in touch with these guys and it's been that that Banff experience for me especially was really, really wonderful and like creating these relationships all over the world and you know, as a result, like I've been we did a nice little tour in uh Ireland and in Slovakia and in the UK and I actually had a thing with uh Miro Herrick, who this uh, vibraphonist from Slovakia. We were gonna do this tour and we had grant funding and all of this stuff set up and now that's not happening. <laughs> This you know, year of that story yeah, over and exactly. over again. It was in the alternate reality. It was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. So was Marshall a faculty member or was he? Yeah. Um, oh, OK, cool. Yeah. And I I have I owe him so much. He uh, you know, you're, you're like really excited and you're playing all the time up there and it's great. And you're a brass player and you don't really realize that you're like a, a million feet in the air. Mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> getting lightheaded and you know I was just beating myself up like chop wise and everything and you know then Dave Douglas walks in the room and you're like oh I need to play a high note or something <laughs> so, uh, so I was actually in pretty rough shape I, my face was pretty beat up and, and Marshall was there the third week and mm. so he was like yeah man just you know come let's let's warm up like is six cool and I was like yeah sure yeah. So um, we ran through his routine and I still do that stuff. Like I've modified some things to be a little more trumpet friendly, but um, I, and I work with it on my students. It was just a really like thorough laid out plan for, you know, about an hour of oh, mm -hmm. hour and a half of warm up stuff. And man, it, it's still it's really, really good. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so here's I, I don't know exactly how to phrase this question but i'm gonna try to do it anyway so yeah. i feel like chicago has a very unique kind of lineage of trumpet playing and trumpet players especially now i guess and in the kind of more adventurous i guess more open Ooh. i guess i don't know if those are appropriate words but just trying to be inclusive of all different influences and being open to trying different things and um i was just curious like how do you how did you find your place within that kind of world of, you know, we grow up and kind of go to jazz school and it's like, you know, play this, play this way, play these tunes. And then being able to now explore your, your own music in a, in a more open way. I don't know if that's not the right word. Open is not a good word, but uh, maybe, yeah. you, maybe you know what I mean. Uh, well, OK, so I didn't go to jazz school. That was maybe my my saving grace. There you go. That's uh, maybe not true, but uh, I, for me, I was a really, really terrible trumpet player mm. and like really bad. Uh, like when I started undergrad, I couldn't really hold the horn right. You know, I went to the University of Idaho. It was like the only place I could get in and <laughs> which actually was an awesome, awesome school. So and um, but I think for me, mm, I've always wanted to I've I've enjoyed the process of playing the trumpet and I've enjoyed doing things. And mm. so um, kind of 
like to take that to your question, like Chicago is at least pre-lockdown, like it, it's a city full of work. It's like very, I don't, uh, this is the wrong way to say it, but it's really blue collar in terms of like, you can work, you can be a trumpet player and there is um, things to do, you know, and, and that might be playing lead trumpet one night. It might be playing like, uh, you know, very, very creative, graphic score stuff. It might be um, just uh, subbing on a show or doing, you know, there's the, uh, playing a wedding, playing this. Uh, so f for me, when I moved here, I was really, really fortunate in that I, I moved when I was 32. So I was, I could play the instrument, I could function, and I wanted to function in all mm -hmm. of these different contexts. So, um, uh, kind of like without really planning for it, I was doing all of this stuff and I was working sometimes two gigs a night. And um, so I, I feel like that uh, informs a lot of the Chicago musicians, not just trumpet, but like everybody, you know, there's there's work and there uh, are there's a you know, you can only be in that lane and be happy and a lot of people are and then there is all of these other elements of these dynamics the, the the creative scene the like straight ahead scene the south side the north side like it's a very um it's a very uh, uh there's a lot of different sections to this i don't think it's segregated like i was almost gonna you know but there are like there's this scene and this scene and this scene and and maybe to the the benefit of all of the musicians here i think that when you look at like historically uh like take the aacm like mm -hmm. this is a uh, an organization that was formed to to like boost up a scene of music musicians like and the music that they work on and i think maybe you could extrapolate from that that this city saw the benefit of that maybe more than others where like there are scenes there are support for the scene but it's not uh it's certainly not locked like you can be you you know like i play with these guys who are these type and i play with these guys who are these sorts of things and then i'm gonna go play a wedding on saturday and i'm gonna go do a recording session you know whatever like it's just there's work and and it's to me it was like so fulfilling right away to just be able to function as a trumpet player and as a musician you know mm -hmm. no that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense and yeah i just don't i personally just don't have i have never lived in chicago i've only come through and played a couple of times so yeah. um it's interesting to hear but i feel like there's just a lot especially with the aacm and other creative music that there's like a lot I mean, it happens in New York, but I feel like there's a lot more in Chicago for some reason. Maybe that's yeah. just my perspective. I mean, but uh, somebody told me once that, like, if you want to be the best in the world, you go to New York. If you want to be famous, you go to L.A. And if you want to work, you go to Chicago. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and when I moved here, I just wanted to work. I wanted to play trumpet. You know, I wanted to play it every day. And I've been really lucky in, in the last seven years. Like, I've been able to do that you know and and i've been able to teach and and teach at like great schools where like i can teach what i want to teach you know 
So that leads me to my next question I was going to ask you about. So when you, now that you, you, know, you have a lot of different experiences and you're dealing with young people that want to maybe do the same thing as you someday, what's your like educational uh, philosophy of teaching trumpet? Do, are you like got to do the trumpet first? Are you like go and create? What's your kind uh, of educational I, thing? Yeah, I, I am a trumpet first kind of guy because I couldn't play. Like, and I had to really, I struggled and, and I had to learn how to not struggle for me. And that means I had to try every different thing and a lot of it didn't work. And a lot, you know, and then you have to, you know, like you find the common threads as a brass player from like, what is this method talking about? What is this concept really getting at? And how do I, how do I feel about that? And how do I make somebody else feel that way about that? So, um, for me, a lot of the stuff has been trying to um, distill that into a into like not a method because I I don't feel like I don't know I'm I'm pretty like relaxed about you can't there's not a I'm not rigorous in terms of like it has to be this way but um, I think I've done a good job of being subtle about making sure that people understand what they need to experience and um, uh, f physically, sensationally wise in order to play. And, um, and then uh, for me, like, uh, I like to create exercises that are a little bit different. Um, and uh, I don't, I'm not doing anything new, but like, uh, you know, for example, as a brass player, we have to deal with flexibilities. And so how many different ways can you work on those? And what does that look like? And how do you incorporate the metronome in it? And, you know, now all of a sudden, can we do so like ratios of this many flexibilities per click of the metronome? Mm. And, okay, so you can do it on this set of partials. Now, can you do it on this set of partials? And, you know, is that a book? No, it'd be the dumbest book ever, and it'd be <laughs> like the size of the Arbenz book. You know, like you could you could describe it in you know draw out a little picture, and it would be three pages, and that those three pages would give you an endless lifetime of things to work on. And I that stuff really resonates with me, um, and so I try and create those things for my students, or you know, try to help them to understand that they can then do it themselves you know if you can do this here can you move it up a fifth can you move it up a wherever and and what does that give you and what does that teach you so mm -hmm. in, in a way i guess it's trying to be creative with the fundamentals which yeah. of course like you know we all have to go transcribe kenny dorham and freddie hubbard and learn but what do you do with those transcriptions? You know, you have mm -hmm. to take them and you have to learn from them and so you can do the same thing from a flexibility study maybe hopefully i think so i think you're yeah. right i'm with you, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> um so let's kind of circle back to to the, the band and the record so yeah. uh i know that you mentioned that maybe there was a, a live stream situation that might be happening for the band yes. Yes. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that yeah so there's a wonderful venue uh in town called the fulton street collective and it's run by chris anderson who is a chicago legend and um, uh, so we're going to do a live broadcast, live stream from there. Um, he's been doing a ton of wonderful concerts that are streaming from there and safe 
And uh, so, so I was lucky enough to get in the spot there. And um, so I'm working on a couple little things, which uh, maybe will make that kind of exciting that I will. Oh, I will tease, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, so we're doing that on Friday night and on Saturday, it's Friday the 16th. Cool. On uh, Saturday the 17th, we'll be up in Madison doing a little oh, show. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Outside in Madison. In, in October. October. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. It's a little chilly, I bet. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, you know. It's a it's a 2020 tour. Yeah, we're making the best of it. We're doing the best yep. we can. Yeah. So, uh, is the band from the record going to be there for the show? Not Rob. Not Rob. All oh, right, because he's in Paris. Yeah, because he's in Paris, and so. But otherwise, and and actually, I am. Uh, that's maybe going to be part of the surprise. Oh. Is how okay. we're going to replace Rob and the strings and stuff. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. Very, very, very cool. Um, so what did I not ask you that you about the record that you might want to share anything about? We talked about the, the players and how the band came together yeah. and about the, the the string, the strings. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I well, I do think that uh, it's worth noting. I, I I'm really excited. Thomas Farella gave me these photos to use for the the art and I think they're incredible photos. They're just super beautiful, abstract works. And so I'm, I'm really happy that, that those are part of the project. Um, it was cool. I, I did the layout for it and that was like, I was really excited to use this stuff. So yeah, it looks I, really good. Thank you. I feel like that's kind of a given the project, like a, a an image and some life that matches really well. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Did you start doing the layouts when you were working for John Bishop? Uh, no. He's John, like the master, man. He's, he's like, oh man, he's so good. And and I would, uh, I kind of started doing some stuff. I would do like some little website graphics or whatever. But uh, you know, John does the art, and I, uh, I picked up some kind of side work, and I would bring it in, and John would go, no, 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 move, no, 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 one, <laughs> one more. That's got to go there. That's no, you know, move one, one more arrow, one more arrow. And uh, he really taught me a ton. And so I, I've been doing art for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. I've been, um, I've probably done, I don't know, 75 albums, something like this. So, wow. Yeah. Trumpet yeah. players and art. What there's a Jamie yeah, too. Jamie, he Jamie's, Jamie's amazing. He's, he's amazing. He's amazing at everything. I, uh, He's a hero of mine. So I, uh, yeah, I, I've been, I've always been into photography and the layout just kind of happened. You know, I got mm -hmm. good at Photoshop and into sure. the <laughs> so. And the rest is history. Yeah. History. Yeah, another hyphen, another hyphen that I did uh, <laughs> to add to your business card. Yeah. Right. Right. Understands fonts. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand. It's yeah. Yeah. You know, I like I, I like all of us. Like it's fun to get into things, you know. Mm -hmm. So have you gotten gotten into anything uh, that you didn't expect over the last six months because of our our current reality predicament? Uh, uh, actually, 
uh, I got a telescope. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it's been uh, like something that I, you know, always like stars and space, like, you know, little kids always love that. And um, uh, yeah, to to like actually set it up and, and like figure out like, okay, wait, that's Saturn. And then look in it and you see the rings and it's like, uh, that's a feeling that I'm never going to forget. Right. Just, it's like, oh, uh, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, and so I yeah, that's been kind of a fun little, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and I can't practice and I'm going to go look at the stars. Go look at the stars. Wow. Yeah. And even from our little back porch in, in Chicago, even with like the light pollution and stuff, I can still see quite a bit. And that's that's been a kind of fun little thing. Are there any like um like resources for like to start, try to learn like how to find things in the sky. Maybe that's a stupid question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's magazines and there's yeah. books and and um, I, I mean, I really didn't know anything going into it, so I bought a, like a kit with like okay. a couple books that came with it, and um, and then for you know the two weeks or whatever while it was shipping, I was reading all night about all the you know maps and how to read the star maps and how to just kind of learn. This, this whole other world and and I think in in real life a lot of the um, planetariums and observatories around Chicago are open you know Friday nights you can go just check it out and so I yeah it was a kind of a, a whim and it's been that's been a fun little deep dive but that's so. cool no I mean I think it's always interesting to hear what people get into yeah uh, and yeah. just totally like a different thing to wrap your head you know like you're looking at this it's just a little white dot on the telescope and it's like, wow, that's like, <laughs> that light's been coming at me for a million years. Like, right. What? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah. So I, I love it. That's been, that's been my fun little. Yeah. That, I mean, it sounds fun. I gotta yeah. get, I gotta get into a hobby. I get, I, uh, I'm, I'm very bad at doing things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's time sensitive or it's like time specific, you know, so it's like, right. I'm not playing a gig. Yeah. I might as well sit at night and do something else. So. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the best place um, for people to find the record and support you and your music? Uh, you can go to outside in music and buy it. Well, you could do that or they could go. <laughs> and, uh, uh, my website is just my name. Uh, chadmccullough.com uh all the facebook's all the instagrams all the socials all the everywhere the googles yeah all of, all over the internet Jack, yeah Jack. all of the internets you can uh, come to my door and i'll i'll lower one down in a basket <laughs> that sounds like a, that's what i want i want to come to the house and get a basket of cds yeah 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 i'm selling them in baskets of 50 yeah. or more <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> one for 20 50 for 20. 25 <laughs> <laughs> yep yep so, yeah awesome well everybody please take the time and uh support chad and his music his quartet forward is the new album it's out october 16th and he'll be at the fulton street collective yes yeah, yeah. Uh, on the 16th as well yep and um check it out Wonderful. dad thanks so much for the taking some time to chat today and we can't wait to see what's next.